Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, I've explained this in past times, but I'm going to go back to it again. Um, in the Greek, which is what this is written uh, in, now I, I don't want to try to over-impress you, I don't know Greek, uh, but I have studied portions of this. And if you study the Greek here, you understand that this whole thing here, when Jesus begins to say, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, therefore go, there's only one verb in all of this. Now in English we look at this and there are more than one verb. Uh, and I'm not an English expert, but I understand in the Greek the rest of the verbs that we see add up to what's called adverbs. They basically point back to the original uh, verb. Uh, and so there's only one in here. And what is it? Do you remember? Oh, we got some differing answers. Go, make disciples. The verb here is go. Go! but we don't. We stay. We come here. We don't go. We stay. All the other verbs are tied into this. As you go, basically what this is saying is it's saying as you go, make disciples, teach them, baptize them, but the importance is on the go. The importance is on the getting out into the, all the earth. That's the imperative here. That's the mission, is to go. And as we're going, we make disciples, we baptize them, we teach them, all of these things. But that's the mission of the church, is to go. So what does that look like lived out for you? What does the mission of the church look like lived out for you? For many Christians, the mission of the church lived out for them means go to church. I got to go down. I go to church. That's the mission. I attend. I put a butt in a seat. I warm it for like 45 minutes if the pastor's long-winded that, that morning. And that's my mission is I attend church. For others of you, you see the mission as much more than that. It's not just attending church. For some of you, this is the bonus. This is like the extra, the icing on the cake. We come in, we get to worship, we get to celebrate, we get to share stories of the awesome things God is doing. But for some, this is the mission. And you've accomplished your mission this week. You check the box, you've got a butt in the seat, or you turn the TV on and you're watching, and that's your Christian service. The reality is, the apathetic way that many Christians view the church it's just really not worth it. Look around, not just at this church, but all churches. Attendance has dropped drastically. Why? Because it's just not worth it. They've acknowledged that. That going to church, being a part of something whose mission you don't agree with or understand or you're not willing to live out, it's just not worth the time. I'd rather sleep in another day. Get a little extra sleep. See, if you're not going to put in the work, here's my argument that I probably shouldn't make as a pastor. If you're not willing to put in the work, why bother showing up? Now, just the other day, as I'm preparing this uh, sermon, uh, many of you know, might, you might not know it from looking at me, but I go to the gym, okay? Uh, and I like going to the gym. It's been my, kind of my stress release. Uh, uh, it's how I get rid of stress is I go to the gym, I pick things up, and I put them down. Um, it's really productive. 
But as I was doing this the other day, God spoke to me as I was, uh, I think I was stretching at the time, because I'm getting older now, and I have to spend like the first 30 minutes just stretching, uh, or else I can't feel things the next day. But as I'm doing this, I look over, and I see this person on a machine, and she is on her phone, and she's on this back machine, and she's doing this. And I'm not kidding you, for like five minutes, just this. Now, it's an important machine, okay? You can actually work your lower back out pretty well if you use the machine properly. She was not. There was barely any weight on the plates, and all she did was move. And as I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, I have a thousand and a half things to do today. Why would you waste your time going to the gym to do this? I just don't understand it. And God spoke to me. He's like, man, that's what people are doing at church. They're showing up, but it's why bother? They're not willing to put in the work. They're just willing to show up as if, and I guarantee you, I, I don't know if I guarantee you, but I would guess, I would assume that person feels good about going to the gym. They feel good because they went to the gym that day. And many of us, we feel good because we went to church. And we go the rest of the week, and we're like, man, I made it to church this week. I feel good about myself. I've accomplished my mission. Now, that person's mission that I saw on the machine might be to lose weight, might be to get in shape. And just because they showed up, they feel like they're moving toward that mission. And at one point or another, they'll get to the point where they realize, I'm not losing any weight. Matter of fact, I've gained weight. What in the world? I go to the gym all the time. And how many Christians will sit there in my office or somewhere else and tell me, Pastor, I go to church all the time, but I just, I'm not experiencing the joy. I'm not experiencing the victory. I'm not experiencing what church should give me. Yeah, because <laughs> you're not willing to put in the work. Just showing up is not enough. The mission isn't showing up. If you're not going to get invested into the mission, let's be honest, church is a waste of time. You're better off just getting extra sleep on Sundays. If we're not willing to get invested in the mission, showing up, being present, putting a check in that box is a waste of time. If you are invested in the mission, however, man, you start looking forward to going to church. Some of you know this. You wake up on Sunday morning and you're like, yes. It's Sunday. I get to go to church. I'm looking forward to being there. And then it begins to spill into even more than that. It's, hey, it's Monday. I get to go to this thing. It's Sunday night. I get to go to Titus Moms. It's Wednesday. I get to go to Bible study. I get to do this. I get to hang flags at the church. It's Thursday. I, I want to go, and I want to be, be on the worship team. And so I just want to go and worship with those people because I love them, and I just want to be a part of that. And it's Friday, and I want to go to nerd night. And all these things begin, and you begin to look forward to it because why? Because you bought into the mission. Even beyond this, using work as an, as an analogy, some of you, you go to a place where you really have bought into the mission. You believe what you're doing is effective. You believe what your part in the company is valued, and you begin to look forward to going. Because why? You're fulfilling a part in that organization that you feel good about. Some of you don't look forward to going to church because you're not fulfilling a valuable role because you're not invested in the mission. 
See, once you are invested, you don't, you don't just show up, but you start looking for gaps to fill. Like, where, where can I serve? Where can I be a part of this? Where can I, where can I put some effort into? Where, what's needed, and what are my gifts? What are my skills? What are my abilities that God could use to fill these gaps? Because that becomes important to you. You stop convincing yourself that you should go to church, and you start looking forward to the next time you get to be with God's people. Some of you have to convince yourself to be here. And I don't want to shame anybody this morning. The, the, the point of this is not to wag my finger at anybody. It's to wake us up and help us realize, man, there's something more to this. Showing up should be a pleasure. Showing up should be a joy. Showing up is a privilege that not all Christians have. It's easy to talk about that when we've never been to somewhere like China where they have to worship in, in closed doors and they're rounding them up right now in China and putting them in uh, re-education camps. We don't have to deal with that. But still, we don't view this as a privilege. Church is a blessing, not a burden. And if you don't get that, something's wrong. And I don't mean that in a shame on you sense. I mean that in a wake up, figure it out. And let's deal with this kind of something's wrong. I want us all to wake up on Sunday mornings and, yes, today's the day. I want us to wake up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever day, all the days of the week and say, can't wait to spend time with my church family. Because that's where I come alive. That's where I feel valued. That's where I feel necessary because I'm a part of something that matters. Because the mission of the church is something that moves you. Because the mission of the church, it does matter. It has mattered since the day Jesus founded it, and it will continue to matter until we go home. The value of the church, the mission of the church has never lessened in effectiveness. The world has always needed the church, and we have failed them time after time after time. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that kind of church. I want to be a church that the community loves. I want to be a church whose community values them and says, thank God for Dubois Alliance Church. What a blessing they are to us. I want to be a church where if our doors closed, the community would feel it and would be saddened because of the effectiveness we have, because of what we bring to our community. The mission of the church matters. Does it matter to you? That's one of the questions. But really, truly, how invested into the mission of the church are you? I can't answer that for you. Only you can really answer how invested you are into the mission of the church. Now, I don't want to confuse us. When I ask that question, I don't mean to the mission of Dubois Alliance Church. I mean the mission of the church. Because a lot of churches have different missions, mission statements. We have our own value statement, our vision statement. But I mean the mission of the church, the reason God created this thing called the church and unleashed us into the world. See, 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5 says, You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you, now this is speaking to you personally this morning, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. 
What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Very literally, in the word here, you are each stones. And what we call Dubois Alliance Church is not this building we see before us, but every person in these pews and watching who calls this place home. Each of you is a stone that is placed that builds up God's temple, this thing that we call the church. And when we're not present, when we're not invested, when we're not part of it, there's holes. And I promise you, if, if, if we made a huge hole in this wall, it would be distracting. It would be noticeable. And that's many churches. They have holes all throughout their foundation because we're just not showing up. We're just not investing. I don't mean by putting a butt in a seat, but I mean in, in our heart and in our, in our service, we're not showing up. We're not getting invested into the mission. See, you are the church. Each and every one of us is an integral part of the church. So by definition, the mission of the church is yours. Each of us personally takes on the mission of the church because each of us personally is the church. We all make it up together. The mission of the church is not just the mission of the pastor or pastors. It's not just the mission of the elders. It's not just the mission of the deaconesses. It's our mission to fulfill. We can't just show up. Uh, those of you that, that go to a, a place for work, you don't just show up and say, okay, you know what, I'm just going to throw money at this and I'm going to go home. And it's, it's, the, it's the CEO's mission. And I'm not really into it, so I'm just not going to be a part of it. Most of you, when you go to work, you have to actually do what? Work. You've got to put some work in. Now, you might do it half-heartedly because you don't buy in, but you still got to show up and you got to do something. And yet we as the church, we show up and we say, ah, this mission is really difficult. It's going to require a lot of me. Maybe I'll just throw some money at it. Whatever I got in my wallet, whatever I got in my pocket, when the plate comes by, I'll toss it in, and I feel, I feel good about that because I've checked two boxes. Not only did I show up, but I put some money in that plate, and that's what's important, right? Absolutely not unless we're willing to buy in and take personal responsibility for the mission, it's really just a waste of time. See, I believe for us as a local expression of the church, Dubois Alliance Church, I believe the way that we spend our time, our energy, our money, and our resources, it shows what our mission is, what our interpretation of the mission is. Uh, for this sermon, I'm going to call this our lived out mission. Because there's a mission for the church, Big C Church, but then each church has their own interpretation of the mission. They have their own facet of it. And I believe that's, that's, that's good to have your own personality as a church and, and to understand exactly how God's called you to fulfill that. You're, you're part of the mission. I think that's good. And, but I, I believe if we look at how we spend our time, our energy, our money, and our resources, it shows what our lived-out mission is. That if you were an outsider, and you never heard a sermon, you never looked at any of this stuff, you just looked at how we invested the resources we have, our people, our time, our energy, money, resources, and you say, okay, this is what I can see this church finds important. These are the priorities this church has. We brought an outsider in and looked at that. Not what we said, but how we lived out. That would be our lived out mission. The question is if our, if our lived out mission 
matches the mission that Jesus gave the church? That's the big question. Does our lived out mission match the mission that Jesus gave the church? What does our lived out mission as Dubois Alliance Church, what does it say about our love for our community? Again, if that outsider were to come in, they were to evaluate us just based on where we spent our time, where people showed, you know, what the attendance was at certain things, when people showed up, how they spent their time, how they invested their money, how we invested our resources. What would it say about our love for our community? What does our lived-out mission say about how much we care for people who don't call Dubois Alliance Church home? Does our lived-out mission show that we care more about reaching people or staying comfortable. Because I'm going to be very clear, those two things cannot coexist very well. When we begin to reach people, we will not be comfortable. I promise you, you won't be comfortable when we start bringing in the sinners of the world, when we start bringing in the people who don't know Jesus, who haven't grown up in church, who don't know how to do this, and things get messy. It's no longer comfortable. So we got to choose one. Is it staying comfortable or is it reaching people? What does our lived out mission say we find more important? What does our, live, does our lived out mission show that we care more about the past or the future? Just in our conversation, do we talk more about, whoa, how it used to be? Oh, we used to do this. Oh, we used to have this thing. Or do we look more to the future and say, what is God going to do? How can we reach the future? What is our vision of the future? What does it look like? What does Dubois Alliance Church look like in five years? How do we get there? What changes do we need to make? What things do we need to give up? What can we sacrifice to get there? Which does our lived out mission say we care more about? Does our lived out mission show that we care more about what we can get out of the church or what we can give to the church? Now, that's a more of a personal one where we invest our time, our energy, our resources. What does that show that we're more interested in what we get out of the church or what we give to the church? Because as you've heard me say, and I will not stop saying it, we are called not to be spiritual consumers, but to be spiritual contributors. That's what the church is. The church is a vehicle for us to use our gifts to fulfill the mission of God, not to have spirituality dispensed to us in a way that we want. Yet that's how many of us view the church. So what does our lived-out mission show is a priority and the mission of Dubois Alliance Church. I think, honestly, if we had an outsider come in and, and do all of that, I think in certain areas we would be encouraged, in others we would be embarrassed. I think we would be a little embarrassed that when I, <laughs> when I say we're going to have a potluck, it's the fullest Sunday we have. Yet when we say, hey, let's show up, to one of our best outreaches as a church, our clothes closet, and let's help them switch over from winter to spring. We, I don't even think we hit double digits on how many people showed up for that. And that's our best outreach. I think it shows our lived out mission. I think we're a little bit more focused on being comfortable than going out and reaching people. I think at times we can be far more concerned with the past 
and what used to work and what used to happen and how we used to do things than we are about how we're going to get to where God wants us. You remember the nation of Israel? If you read through the book of Exodus, you read that story of them as they leave Egypt and as they wander through the wilderness. What are they so focused on? What they used to have. Oh, what we used to have. Oh, that we could just go back and get what we used to have. And what, God, what does God want them to be focused on? The promised land, what he wants to give them, where they want to go, and what happens when they're faced with what it's going to cost them to get into the promised land. What do they do? Because they've been so focused on the past, that's what they decide on. That's what they vote as a community to do, is to not move forward because it's going to cost them too much. They vote to go back. They say, ah, let's not do it. It's going to cost us too much. So many churches are stuck there. They're not willing to pay the price to go where God wants them. They're just too focused on what used to be, how we used to do things, the way people used to dress, the music we used to listen to, the way the church used to look. Oh, if we could only go back there. Oh, we could. And we'd close our doors in just a few years. Instead of looking at, okay, God, who do you want to bring into this church? Who is going to call Dubois Alliance home one day, and how do we reach them? What can we do to go out and find them? Well, I think uh, I don't have this great uh, formula for achieving the great commission, the, the mission that God has given us. I think Jesus said it way better than I could possibly do it. And I think Jesus showed us how to live out the great commission when he gave us the great commandment. It's really that simple. So what is the great commandment? Now, these are churchy terms, so you might not have always heard these. The great commission being when Jesus said, go make disciples. And the great commandment is found in Matthew 22, 34 to 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, now the he being Jesus, Jesus had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, I just want to pause for a moment because there's something here we're not getting. And I mean we as in the Big C Church, not just Dubois Alliance Church. But there's something we just don't get, and it's in verse 39. And we just don't seem to understand it because this expert in religious law seeks to trip Jesus up. And he says, yes, the most important commandment is love God. But then what does he say in verse 39? equally important. There's another commandment that is as important as loving God, and it's to love your neighbor as yourself. Did you ever understand that? Did you ever get that? Some of us say the most important thing is that we love God. False. Equally important is that we love God and that we love people that we love our neighbor as ourselves. They are both as important, equal, of equal importance, Jesus says. Now, this is huge because churches have said the first is more important. 
As long as we get to come together and we get to worship God the way that we want to and the, and the way that we want to, dress the way we want to, with the music that we want to, with the decorations that we want to, that's what's most important because that's what gives God the glory. Forget our neighbors. That's not as important. That's secondary. And Jesus says, oh, no. They are both as important. And I would just picture Jesus saying, how dare you come in and worship on a Sunday morning if you're not concerned about your neighbor? As I told you, they're just as important. They're as equal importance that we love our neighbor as ourself as that we love God. So how dare we come in and worship God and raise our hands to him and say, hallelujah, praise to be to God, when we could care less about our neighbors. That shouldn't be church. It is important to gather him. And I don't, I don't want to lessen the importance of of what we do when we worship God. It is important to gather and worship God to show our love for Him, but it is equally, as equal of, of importance that we show our community that we love them. And my question, my challenge to you is as you encounter random people this week, I dare you to ask them, how has Dubois Alliance Church loved you recently? I'd be interested to hear how many people say, well, oh, I love that church. Oh, they're such a blessing to our community. I don't think we're fulfilling the great commandment as well as we could be. Now, I, I don't think we'll ever will. I'll always be challenging us to go to do more and do better. But if we are fulfilling the great commandment the way that God wants us to, we wouldn't be scared to do that. We wouldn't feel nervous to just ask a random stranger, hey, how has Dubois Alliance Church loved you, loved you well this week? Who? who? Oh, Dubois Alliance Church. Who's that? Oh, we're over by the hospital. Where? I'm just telling you some of the conversations I've had with strangers in town. Many don't even know where we are. And our community should be blessed by us. If there's one thing our community should know about us is, man, we love them. Now I believe we're doing, we're making great strides in that. I believe there are certain groups of people. If I went to some of the people that we've uh, ministered to through our hungry heroes, I bet you they'd say, oh, well, I love that church. Man, what a blessing. They provided us with some goodies, and, and it was just a tangible way to say we love them. And there are other pockets of people. I believe if we targeted certain pockets, we could get great responses. But if we just went out and blanketed the community and said, how, how has Dubois Alliance Church loved you well? I don't know how many great responses we'd have. We'd have a lot of confusion, I think. So when we say that it's equally important, what Jesus said, when it's equally important to love our neighbor as ourself, as it is to love God, is that clear in our lived-out mission? Does our lived-out mission show that beyond a shadow of a doubt that absolutely we get that and we consider loving our neighbor is just as important as loving ourselves? Do we spend, just looking at finances, do we spend as much money blessing our community as we do blessing ourselves? Do we invest as much energy as we do Blessing ourselves as we do blessing our community. Do more people show up for an outreach than we do for a potluck? These are tough questions because I don't like the answers to them, honestly. If an outsider 
or to evaluate how we spend our time, energy, money, resources? Would it show to them that we value loving our community as much as we value loving God? Now, if you didn't know, which you probably didn't, is as the elders and I have been discussing, we've been talking without actually, without having a conversation together, we all, three of us came together at one point and said, God spoke this same question to us in the same week. And one of the questions is, God, what, what is keeping us from experiencing you and what you want for us is essentially the kind of the, the heart of that question. Like, what is getting in the way? And as we each went to God and, and asked questions, God's beginning to reveal things to us. And this week, God began to reveal to me one of the things uh, that I believe is keeping us, and not just us, but Big C Church, the church, from experiencing all that God has for them. And I believe that somewhere along the line, God revealed to me this week that many churches have given up the imperative to fulfill the great commission for the imperative to achieve the great service. What do I mean by that? I think many churches have and still do to this day traded in the imperative to complete the great commission for the imperative that what happens here on Sunday morning that this would be top notch. And we evaluate the health and success of a church by what happens on Sunday morning. Let's be honest. If, this, if we had three times as many people in here this morning, if you just walked in one morning and there was 150, 200 people in this sanctuary, don't raise your hands, how many of you would immediately think this church is doing well? Because we've got a lot of butts in the seat. If we gave you a report and said, oh my goodness, God has blessed us richly and we got a donation of $500,000 that came in last week. Some of us would say, oh, our church is doing good because we've got a lot of bucks in the plate. That's how we evaluate the health of our church, by what happens on a Sunday morning. If the sermons are good, our church is healthy. If there's a lot of people, our church is healthy. If the attendance goes down, what's wrong with our church? What's happening? There's something wrong with our church because there aren't as many people and the finances aren't there. What's happening on Sunday morning isn't happening the way we want, and so we look at the health of the church and we say it's not good. But as long as we can pull off a great service on a Sunday morning, Saturday evening, Wednesday evening, we believe our church is successful. That's how we view the church, based on the great service. See, now Jesus gave us one mission, and it wasn't to have a good church service. You have to understand this. And maybe you don't quite understand that. And let us evaluate this this morning. Jesus gave us one mission, and it's to go and make disciples. When was the last time you evaluated the health of our church based on our fulfillment of the Great Commission? We are far more likely to evaluate someone's spiritual maturity and spiritual health based on how often they attend this than it is that they're achieving the Great Commission. Somebody could be making disciple after disciple after disciple, but because they don't show up on Sunday morning, we think they're not as spiritual as us. And we even view that. We say, why, have, why don't these millennials attend church anymore? Man, they just don't think it's important. They show up once a month, and they just don't think church is important anymore. Honestly, for a lot of them, they just get sick of the hypocrisy. They watch us come in here on Sunday morning. They, they know. Now, this isn't true for us. This is hypothetical, a not good hypothetical. 
But they walk in and they see the elder that they know is going home throughout the week and abusing their kids and hitting their wife and coming in, but he's an elder in the church and he dresses the part, he looks good, he says the right stuff, but he's just not living it out because the great service is far more important than the great commission for many churches, as long as this looks good. And do you wonder, most people that leave a church, why do they leave a church? Why do they go to another church? Because of something that happens on Sunday morning, the music, the decorations. The pastor doesn't preach from a big wooden pulpit anymore. The lighting, I don't like the lighting anymore. The heat wasn't good. I, whatever it is, we leave because of Sunday mornings. Why? Because that's our idol. That's our idolatry is Sunday mornings. And if Sunday mornings isn't fantastic, if it doesn't dispense the Christianity we want, if it doesn't dispense the spiritual food we want, that church isn't healthy anymore. Man, that church is going down the tube because they're just not giving me what I want on Sunday morning without realizing that's become our idol. And if that's, not what, if that's not good in our eyes, then the church isn't doing well. We rate the health of our church on the quality of the sermon, the number of butts in the seat and bucks in the plate. That's for many of us still, and I'm just going to be honest with you, I do it still today. It's hard not to, to say, man, our church is doing well because we had 30 more people than we normally have on a Sunday morning. Many of you, myself included, probably looked around last Sunday on Easter and said, man, this is great. Look at all the people here. We had a ton of people here on Sunday morning. It felt good. And many of us, myself included, probably walked away and said, man, we're doing pretty good. We had a good attendance on Easter. Fantastic. How many disciples are we making? We've replaced the imperative for the great commission for the imperative of the great service. Not on our fulfillment of the mission Jesus gave us. And I've heard it so many times. What we need, pastor, is to go back to having Sunday evening services. What we need is to go back to having Wednesday evening prayer services. What we need is to go back to having testimonial services. No, what we need are people who take personal responsibility for the Great Commission and get our focus off the Great Service. I'm going to say that again just in case you didn't catch it. What we need are people who take personal responsibility for the Great Commission and get our focus off the Great Service. Now, one of my high values in life is excellence. And so you'll notice it's not like I view Sunday mornings with a flippant heart. I expect things that happen on Sunday mornings to go well. I, I, I want it to be excellent. When things aren't, when we mess things up or we get the slides wrong, it bothers me because we should do this well. We should do everything that we do well. But when we view the health of the church based off of what happens from 10.30 to 12 o'clock on Sunday morning, we have failed. And we have completely confused the mission of the church. Great services don't complete the Great Commission. For the most part, great services only bless the saints. Now, don't raise your hands. But if I asked and said, how many of you are non-Christians here? I probably wouldn't see any hands. Probably aren't many people that are attending church here that say, ah, I'm not a Christian, I just like what's happening. So for the most part, great services bless the saints while our communities go to hell all around us. But as long as what's happening here, as long as the sermons are good, man, pastor was on fire on Sunday, it was great. Our church is doing awesome because our pastor's giving good sermons or uh, the worship, man, the, the music is so good and our church is doing good. Or man, you should have seen how many people were there. Our church is doing great. 
When's the last time we had to open our baptistry? How many disciples are we actually making as individuals and as a church? What are we doing in our community? What I believe God wants from our church, from His church, is to love those outside the church as well as we love those inside the church. And for many churches, that is not a focus. Our focus is loving the people that walk in this building on Sunday mornings. They're our priority. And then maybe if we have some extra, or we have extra time, we have extra whatever, we'll serve outside the church. But man, I would love to be a church that showed up for outreaches in far more number than we showed up for potlucks, that showed up for prayer meetings far more. And I'm just going to let you know, as, as we enter, one of the things that we're going to do as a church is that as the summer months go, uh, I don't know how many of you love to sit in a, in a room while it's beautiful outside. Uh, we're going to take our Thursday evenings worship and prayer, and we're going to transform it while the weather's nice. And what we're going to do is instead of gathering in a building to pray, we're going to do prayer walks through our community. We're just going to walk around the streets, and we're going to pray over them. And as we encounter people, we're just going to say, hey, I'm from Dubois Alliance. We're just praying through our community. Is there anything we can pray for for you? Maybe they'll have something. Maybe they won't. But we're going to get out. We're going to do the one thing Jesus told us to do, and it's go. We're going to go, and we're going to engage in our community. My hope is that maybe in a year, maybe two years, maybe three years, I could just ask a random person, hey, how has Dubois Alliance blessed you recently? And they say, oh, just encountered one of your people the other day. They walked by my house. They prayed for me. What a blessing they are to me. I think what God wants for us is to love those outside the church as much as we love those inside the church. That is the great commandment, that we would do this well and we would do that just as well and with as much urgency and fervor and passion as anything we do in this building. And I believe that's how we fulfill the Great Commission. Any of you watched the first episode of season two of The Chosen yet? Some of you have. Rabbit trail for just a minute. How, so you might not know what The Chosen is. It is a fantastic uh, Christian series on the life of Jesus and how the first season is all about how he calls the disciples. And I just want to ask, because I, I've talked about this and, and, and I've not executed it yet. How many of you would be interested if we were to offer like a Sunday evening where we streamed an episode of The Chosen? Any of you would be interested in that that don't want to watch it at home or can't figure out how to watch it? A couple of you, okay. So we might do that because I want you guys to see this. This is really good. But season two uh, just started. They just came out with season, uh, episode one of season two of The Chosen. Um, Jesus has gathered most of his disciples at this point. Now he's beginning to do ministry. Um, but in that first episode, Jesus tells this parable. Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 to 14. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth. He will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. It is not God's will that even one person should perish and go to hell. That's not His will. Yet, for many of us, 
We've just accepted that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people in Dubois are going to go to hell. Oh, well, got to get to church. How many of you want to spend eternity in hell? Good, no hands. All right, we're on the same page. What would you do to ensure that you didn't spend eternity in hell? Is there anything you wouldn't do to make sure that you didn't spend eternity in hell? So if you loved your neighbor as much as you loved yourself, what wouldn't you do to ensure that they didn't spend eternity in hell as well? It should be of as, as much importance our neighbor's spiritual condition as it is of our own. If we could do that one thing, this community would be different. Everything would change about the way that we lived our life, about the way that we engaged people. It wouldn't be about events. We wouldn't have to worry about whether or not the church is doing an outreach event because we would be living a life that fulfilled the Great Commission. That would be our goal. That would be the imperative to everything that we do and all the energy and time and everything that we invest would be surrounded in fulfilling the Great Commission because if we loved our neighbors, if we loved our community as much as we loved ourselves, there is nothing we would stop at to ensure that nobody spent eternity in hell in our community. As a church, are we willing to love those outside the church as much as we love those inside the church? The next time we have an outreach opportunity, will it be, oh, I don't know, I'm kind of busy that day? Or will it be, how can you use me in this, God? Or will you begin to create your own outreach opportunity? Next week, we're going to be talking a lot about living out uh, a Great Commission lifestyle. Because I, I think the era of outreach events has ended. They're not nearly as effective as each of us taking personal responsibility for the Great Commission and living it out daily. How many of you came to know Christ, we'll say, after 13 years of age? How many of you just out of the blue at an event with no relationship did that, made that decision? Not a single hand. The relationships that we have with people are so vitally important. The way that you love your neighbor, and I don't just mean the people that live next to you, but the people in our community as we engage with them, as we get to know them, as we ask them how we can pray for them, as we begin to be an influence, a positive influence for change in them, that relationship, you have no idea where that will go and how that will reach our community. It's not nearly as important that we put on some event here and we give them free stuff and, and we try to woo them to the kingdom. It's far more important that we live it out each and every day. All we need to do is live out the great commandment and it will fulfill the great commission. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you sent people into my life who loved me like they loved themselves. They didn't give up on anything. Man, I was a rough kid. I was annoying. I was cursing all the time. I was not a good influence on anybody. And yet someone loved me enough to build a relationship with me, to invite me to things, to be a part of what they were doing. And through that, I came to know who you are.
I saw your love in people, and so I believed it, that it was real. God, would you forgive us? I just want to ask over Dubois Alliance Church, would you forgive us when we have replaced the imperative of the Great Commission and replaced it with the Great Service? Forgive us for considering what happens here on a Sunday morning to be of utmost importance while our community goes to hell. Lord, would you give us great commission hearts that we would each and every day begin to ask for opportunities into people's lives, begin to ask for avenues into relationship with people who don't know you. Would we begin to love people outside this church as much as we love those inside the church? God, I believe this is how we begin to transform our church and our community, that we would buy into the mission of the church, which is to fulfill the Great Commission, and we wouldn't consider this to be uh, just the pastors or the elders or the deaconesses' role, but we would each take personal responsibility. God, I I don't know how this is going to look lived out for each and every one of us, but God, I pray for great boldness this week that you would give each and every one of us great boldness to be your hands, your feet, your voice to our community, that we would love well those we encounter. God, I thank you for the opportunity, the blessing it is to be a part of this church family because you are doing awesome things, and I trust you're going to continue to do awesome things. Lord, I, I pray a loosing over our people, a loosing of the fire that is within them. Those that know you, we have that fire burning in our heart that if we were to truly look at somebody who doesn't know you with your heart, we would weep for them, knowing the lost and hopeless condition they are in. Would you give us that heart again? Would you loose that fire from the locked up place that some of us have put it? And would it begin to burn again in a way that motivates us to action? Lord, I pray this over us, over our church, and over all the churches of Dubois, that you would move us to be your church, to fulfill your mission. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great commission week.